This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. We're coming up to Friday, big, big day. Music in the background, Mission Impossible. Because we have a mission which is totally and utterly impossible, or is it? The bees going up to Borough, Borough with their home record, which is, they're impenetrable up there apparently. And we need to go there and overturn a one-goal deficit. But hey, we're going up there, 1,500 Bs, going up there in coaches and planes and trains, and Christ knows how we're getting up there, but it's going to be up there. We're going to have a good Friday, whatever. But we're going to have a little chat about this. I've got my mates in the studio. I'm Billy Grant. I've got Mr. Dave Lane. How you doing, my mate? I'm all right. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's missing Mission Impossible. Um, at the very worst, it's mission improbable. But um, I, I, I think I think we, you know, we're going up there, and I've got every every uh, every hope of uh, turning this leg around. You know, I, I saw the uh, Swindon and Sheffield United game on uh, on Monday night. We'll talk about that later on. But that just proves that if you never ever give up, you don't accept defeat, then uh, you know you can you can you can go real close. And this this team that we support this season, they they don't give up. So um, I don't think they will. They don't give up. They don't at all. And Mr. Nick Carthew, how are you doing? Nick, you've recovered from your week. You had a bit of a traumatic week last week, which ended in a, a last-minute goal with Borough, which I suppose almost finished you off. We had to make a phone call on Saturday, so make sure you're OK. Yeah, it was a bit of a, bit, bit of a dismal week for me. But um, tomorrow I'm having a meeting with a guy who was in Istanbul supporting Liverpool all those years ago. And uh, as he will point out to me, we're only in half-time in the playoffs. So uh, you know, let's uh, let's let's take uh, the uh, Liverpool uh, example against Milan. Let's take that Liverpool example indeed. And Mr. Matt Allard is in the studio with us again. Matt, what's going on? Good evening. Um, I'm I, to be honest, I'm recovering from a sore throat. It sort of came out after all the um, you know from Friday. Um, but by the time I got Saturday morning, I was hoarse. I could hardly talk. I think that had something to do with you and your borough neighbour who were up till, what, four or five o'clock in the morning drinking all sorts of nonsense, though, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've, I've only ever met the guy once before. Um, and maybe it was because they, they won 2-1, but there's a little note in our door saying, um, come across, say hello, and um, there's plenty of beers waiting for you. So we um, popped in for after-game drinks. You've Indeed, got, you've so... got your car back, have you now, Matt? Uh, yeah, I went and got my car back. Um, that was that was done with some hangover, it has to be said. I was hoping I could get someone else to do that for me. Indeed. So, yeah, so it, we did lose the game on Friday, but it still was a bit of a party, as uh, as we do. We're so used to uh, these uh, playoff, uh, um, not not joy, but we, we're used to having these playoffs sort of kind of thumbs down. So uh, we just enjoyed ourselves anyway. But listen, talk about the pub. Let's go back to the pub on Friday and let's have a little listen to what the fans, the Borough and the Bees fans had to say about that absolutely tremendous match. 
Well, it's the Northern way. Everyone thinks we're going to be a nice passing team, but we go hard as well, so we play both ways. I mean, I'd have taken one all come 85 minutes. I was more than happy with one all, so bonus. I think you will come out hard to try and get the goals early, in which will then just pick you off on the break, and it might be comfortable after that. We probably had more than 50% of the ball. We had more chances, more corner kicks, and uh, in the, uh, red, the uh, yellow card department, I think we had two to their six. And their motto appeared to be, if it moves, kick it to death. No, I, th- I think actually that of the uh, sides in the top four, I think that Ipswich Town and Norwich are far superior footballing sides. We were all over them in the second half. We must have had ten corners to their one. But it's, typ- it's kind of typical of this season, really, which is that they that we've created a lot of stuff, but not had the final product to, to get the results we deserved. I think we should have won that. We should have won that game to what two three one. I, I'm kind of pleased to be here, but I don't want to be that to be the only the only be all and end all of the, of the game today because I think I'm also a bit annoyed with the fact that they were so cocky at the end like they'd won the, they'd won the, they'd won the semi-final they were celebrating like they won one, one early goal up there and you put the, you make it a bit more nerve-wracking for them yeah I think we played really well uh, especially second half when we got the goal we were brilliant um, I'm not gutted after it uh, it makes the task a lot more difficult but even at one we had to go there and win I suppose that's still the, that's still the task but so we can take a lot of heart from our play especially second half I think Borough fans will admit that they were maybe well they were a bit lucky to get a winner and yeah, I'm not down mate it's all to play for but an early go up there would be fucking really nice it was up, up and down up and down I think with any Middlesbrough game my heart's in my mouth I turn around at every opportunity and we did ride our luck I'll, I'll admit we rode our luck in the second half however overall I'm, ex- I'm absolutely ecstatic with the win yeah, I, think, I think we kind of got away with murder a bit there first half I think we were the better team we scored the goal. We could have got the other one that was, I think, cleared off the line. Um, second half, you scored that goal that it seemed quite soft on where we were, where we looked. And then next half an hour, we just, we weren't in the game. Um, but you know, we do have the best defence in the league at the end of the day, which does does count for a lot. And so we we hung on in there as best as we could and managed to nab a, nab a late winner. But we did get away with murder there. We're an aggressive team. We always have been. We've got. We've got aggressive players, and it's what we're like. We get stuck in. It's how we rattle teams, why we don't concede goals, because people don't like getting stuck in. There was a few very, very, very soft yellow cards today. Uh, Clayton's was very soft. Farshaw probably should have got sent off, if I'm honest. He was only on the pitch two minutes, and he should have walked. He didn't. But at the same time, your centre-half didn't exactly give um, Bamford and Boston an easy game. They did get a lot of kicks and a lot of shoulders. Um, but it's football. It's, it's all about getting stuck in, especially the championship. I just think after today's showing, we, we put so much in the second half. Let's get something out of the next game, eh? Because we actually played so well overall on the night. I mean, they are a bloody good, good team. They did all the professional things they had to do. And they've got to do it at home now against us, you know? We can actually, we can actually turn them around that their end. We, we can do this. We can turn it around. Wolburton, Wolburton will get these old troops going. I'm telling you, he can do it. I have to admit, like, every game, I gave to the Wigan game exactly the same. I said, I don't care what happens, but as soon as that ball is kicked in the first second, my heart misses about 17 beats. We can say what we want. We've had an amazing season, but we'll always want to see our team win. And we fucking will next year. Come on, you bees! Come on, you bees! Up, you bees! So, interesting thoughts from the fans. Talk to the Borough fans there as well. They're pretty level-headed, but, you know, quietly confident, I think. And the Bees fans, they know they've got a mountain to climb, but still not insurpassable. It was quite a physical game. And uh, once again, I remember at the beginning of the season, when we came against the Charltons, the Birminghams, and we thought, God, blimey, we're in the championship here. And we thought we were going to struggle a bit because we didn't have the same type of physical side as these lot. We were getting pushed around a bit. We thought we were going to struggle here. But we managed to find our feet and found our game. And eventually we got into our stride and we've got where we are. But, you know, the way that Borough played on Friday, they kicked us off the park, you know, tactically, as Uwe Rosler said. Do you think that this is a side of our game that we're lacking and we need to sort of, you know, we need to, to, to work on? Yeah, well, possibly, you know, but I'm, I think um, I speak for most of these fans that haven't seen how we've played this this year. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't want us to be a, any functional than we have to be. 
Um, it shows you how Borough have sort of maintained, you know, their lofty position throughout the season. You know, even when they're probably not playing the pretty stuff and playing at their peak, they've got a physical side to their game that helps them grind out results. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't really want us to, to, to be like that. I thought they were cynical on Friday. Um, you can, you can give them credit where credit probably doesn't deserve to be, and say that's clever. But you know, they, they were, they were fouling on rotation, Bill. You know, it, it, it was it was pretty pretty callous. Some of the, some of those tackles were going in, knowing that you know it wasn't going to affect their chances of appearing in the second game. Um, you know, they, they weren't. It wasn't the same player hacking all the time, so they, they weren't risking going down to ten men or anything. But I thought I, I was a bit disappointed, if I'm being honest. You know, once again we we played the football. Um, they, they they weren't as they you know they, they played better than they, they did in the in the game back in January. But you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm be more happy to see us how we are and yeah we need to we need to learn a bit we we know we know where our weaknesses are now and we know where our strengths are i don't think we i don't think we could change this season so and i, I wouldn't want to change our style next year either and be more like middlesbrough yeah i i sort of think there was um it it it, it was a you could argue it was a professional job i sort of i discussed this and um but it was just some of it was really cynical and i I think you can almost sum it up. You know, when Forshaw came on, um, I know there's the Forshaw-Brentford thing, etc. but within a couple of minutes of coming on, he um, put in that challenge that arguably could have been sent off for. And you do sort of wonder what they were saying to them before, A, before they sent him out for the first half, then for the second half, and then to Forshaw before he came on the pitch. You know, was that, it obviously was part of the plan, was to properly rough things up. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they played as you would have expected a northern team to play in a championship playoff. I thought they demonstrated a bit more professionalism than possibly we did. Um, they haven't been, you know, they haven't been at the top of the league. They haven't been a successful team for uh, as long as they have without understanding what it's needed to win games like that. And they demonstrated that last Friday night. I mean, for me, I think that on the pitch or, you know, when you're in the terraces, yeah, you get really peed off. You see those tackles flying in and you sort of think, you know, God, that was that's so out of order, man. Of course, you get the fan passion on the day after on the podcast. Everyone's saying how oh, they were so dirty. You look back on it and you sort of think, oh, it's a bit annoying because that Karanko guy, he's actually got our game. He knows that he had to stop us from playing. We've come down there and we've absolutely annihilated teams. We've gone out there like a whirlwind and we've actually taken teams apart. And even when they came down last time, we took them apart with our style of football and they just completely and utterly stopped us from doing that. Now, maybe there's two ways that you can do it, but this time you just thought, listen, Brentford are at home. Let's stop them doing their thing. And to be fair, they got their game plan right. And, you know, Did we need to flip it up in some way or change what we're doing? Did we find it? hard to to fight against that you know to a certain extent yes we did we got a lucky break with Gray's goal but you know that was quite annoying I think the promising thing about it is that speaking to uh, as we're going to chat to later to um, uh, Untypical Borough they don't play the same every game so they're going to flip it up again next game Christ knows what they're going to come up with we should remember that uh, Cranker, um, you know, uh, started under Jose Mourinho. And I think Mourinho, who was at the game on Friday, would have been uh, very proud of his uh, former assistant um, because that was, you know, he, he took all, all what Mourinho had probably taught him about the ways to win a game. And he'd obviously clearly thought that this was one of the things that he was going to have to do. And it, in some ways, actually, on reflection, Middlesbrough's Middlesbrough's performance was quite Mourinho-like um, because Mourinho sets up teams and goes and sets a style of play um, to win games, and he varies it. He varies it according to the opposition that he's he's playing. Um, so I think Brentford should take it as a compliment as well. Is that uh, Karanka felt that he had to stop us playing football? It's interesting as well because Borough. For the second game in a row at Griffin Park, they soaked up a lot of pressure. Brentford, you know, they played their game. You know, we got well over 60% possession in that game. You know, Borough down to, I think it was in their 30s in possession. And I know a lot of people say, well, possession doesn't win you games, it's goals. But again, is it one of these situations that we're not taking, we're not creating the chances again? Or is it, again, one of those things where they've done what they needed to do? They, they, they let us keep the ball as long as it's not in the danger areas, but we're actually not making the incisions and doing the things that we're meant to do. Yeah, there's no doubt that um, we, you know, we, I, I suspect if you look at where we had the ball, it wasn't necessarily in the most dangerous areas. But 
and you know, and it was the normal thing. People were saying, "Get it up there, get it up there," etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I just think we, you know, we play the ball around, and then we just look for the right, you know, for the right angle to move. And when we did make, when we did make those, the, the times where suddenly went, "Yeah, that's the ball, that's the ball," then bang, there'd be a hard challenge to stop that. Yeah, I mean, I said after the game that, um, you know, there's only, only a handful of teams that have beaten us twice this year. Borough have done us three times now. I can't I can't see him doing this a fourth. Um, and the, our, our style of play served us so well during the course of the season that even when we get beaten playing that way, it's only, it's, it's our persistence. We, we, we win it back round. And I know it's all against the same team, but I, I can't, I, you know, if, if the chances of it happening three, to, you know, four times, I think it's unlikely. If we just carry on playing the same way as we do, with the same kind of possession and creating those kind of chances, we have to remember the chances that we missed. I know they missed a couple too, but we had we had some we had some solid goal chances that we sh- we should have put away, and that you know the, the game would have been three two or three one if they hadn't got a lucky goal at the end. So you know I, I would just say carry on doing the same thing, please. Have faith in you know it it, it turning and turning your way, you know, because I, I think. Statistically, the chances will come, and sooner or later, we are going to beat them. You know, we haven't beaten them since was it 1938, or you know, so but we haven't played them that many times since 1938. But you know, these 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 stats and these these sequences are there there to be broken. You know, it's just just because it's been that way recently doesn't mean it's going to be. So um, just carry on, these just keep just keep attacking. It's going to come your way. Nick, I've got to ask you a question. I mean, in that game, we're going to bring it back to this again. We're not sitting there, we're not pointing fingers, but let's just throw it up into the open now. Two goals scored against us. You know, are, are we a case of defensive errors? Is it a case that they just, you know, they're totally incisive? I mean, the first goal, the man looked unmarked to me. Um, the second goal looked like, you know, uh, one of our defenders, possibly Taki, I think he is, might have lost his marker. You know, he came and he swept across and, and he got a shot in. But also, to be fair, the shot came off a player and, and you know, he might have been seen as lucky. Is it one of those situations where we've been unlucky in that game, or, or is it one of those things we can look back and think something maybe could have done a bit better? You you know that I'm um, the first person to criticise defence, but I, I can't on Friday night. I don't think that we had defensive errors. Harley Dean actually played a played a bloody good game as well on Friday night and should be praised for it. The Tarki may or may not have slipped. I. Uh, I really can't say that the the, the defence was um, was poor. Um, I thought they put in a good shift on Friday night. No, I'm not going to apportion blame. Uh, I think Middlesbrough were just better than slightly better than us on the night. I'm not going to apportion blame. And Matt, you're talking about the set piece vulnerability. I mean, you know, again, we seem to struggle at times from set pieces, don't we? Yeah, I think. I mean, part of it is probably a little bit to do with we don't match up on size, do we? I mean. We are probably, we've got to be one of the smallest teams in the league, if not the smallest. And, um, you know, when, when you look at the set pieces, um, certainly for the Borough game, and I've seen it other times this season, Bidwell's had to take on a six and a half footer. And um, that doesn't quite match up. Um, maybe a little bit of it comes from that. But but like Dave says, you know, if, we, if we've got big, you know, uh, do we want to watch big units trying to play football? I, I, I love the way we play, so I don't, I'm not going to lose too much sleep. Now, and, and you know, as I just alluded to a minute ago, you know, we're right at the very end of a of a long season. Now we know this team well. We know our strengths. We know all about our weaknesses. Um, you know, on Friday we're not going to be any stronger or any weaker overall. Uh, I don't think we just we know we know where you know where our pluses and our, where our minuses are. We just got to hope that you know we get the rubber, the green, and the chances that we you know we need to go our way do go our way. You know, we we need to be as tight as we can be. But you know, they 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 are going to get chances too. We, we're not watertight. We we haven't been for months. You know, it's it's, it's I think we just got to, we just got to go toe to toe and properly try and outscore them. We've got to really be cavalier. Um, you know, but that's 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 our strength. You know, we we, we don't box clever. We don't we don't try and out tactic. We, we we're not we're not that kind of team. Friday night really really suits the way that we play. We haven't got to stick a different head on. We've got to really do what Brentford do, but even more so. You know, it, we, we we'll just go for it. So happy days, mate. We're gonna we're gonna do it. Yeah, I mean, you could you, you can make a good argument that it would be harder for us to go up there and defend a one nil because that's the one thing we're not very good at. You know, a one goal lead and try and and you know what do we do then? Do we, we probably would play the same way. So. 
you know, I, I'm not too. I, I, I'd have taken the draw. Um, it's you know, there's a bit of a mountain to climb, but it's not it's not an impossible mountain to climb. And um, I think I'm um, you know thinking that there's like Dave. I still think that we're, we're still in this. We're still in this, and that's what I wanted at the end of the game on um, Friday was still to be in the tie. To quote the shaman, we can move any mountain. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, and, and just coming to the back end of that game as well, obviously on, you know, looking at our bench, we brought on Tommy Smith. Again, Tommy Smith, great professional, saw him on the Sky the other day, actually, and I just thought that he was actually quite unflustered when uh, the Sky journalist said to him, oh, Tommy, your contract's up at the end of this week. Um, do, do, you know, where are you going to go next? You know, do you think you might go to another championship side or maybe a Division One side? And he sort of looked at him and goes, uh, how about Premier, Premiership? Like, you know, it was like a little bit like, it was like oh, you're not good enough for Premiership. And he was just like, actually, actually, maybe I am, which I thought that was good. And obviously, great professional came on, almost got a final touch of the ball in the final minutes to actually get an equaliser, but it didn't quite happen. But again, our bench well, is quite... Is quite Minimal. I've only probably seen him play fifteen minutes of football all season still, so I'd be on I'm still I still don't know I still don't know what kind of player he is, to be honest. <laughs> he, he comes on and he holds the ball up in the corner flag for a bit and uh, he, he he looks like he re- he really cares and he wears his heart on his sleeve and he and he he, he seems a great great bloke and I'm sure he is a great pro, but we we just haven't seen hardly anything of him. He's you know, he's he's, he's not someone that if someone says, Oh, you know, what's he like? You say, Well, he's he's a great coming coming on her in the last five minutes and taking the ball over to the corner flag kind of player. But he's, I'm sure there's loads more to his game than that, but we we haven't seen it and I'm and I'm not sure we will. And that's not that's not knocking him at all. That's just the role he's played and he's come on and he's just done exactly what's been asked of him every time and you know, it's credit to him for not kicking up a fuss and being content with that, or whether he's content with it or not, I don't know, but he hasn't kicked up a fuss, so um, fair play. He was the only option. He was the only option on the bench on Friday night that, that could have come on. And, uh, you know, whenever he's come on, as Dave says, he's done a perfectly decent job of work for us. Um, but uh, come this Friday, we need another option on the bench as well, but perhaps we'll come on to that later. If, if we're talking about substitutions, which we are obviously from um, from Friday, I, the one thing I thought was 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 odd tactically or interesting was um, when Hotter came out to the left. Um, I assumed to get Pritchard out on the right, and um, and maybe Judge to get him more involved in the game. Um, but I was quite surprised then we didn't put Dallas on earlier on the left because I don't I don't think I mean I know Hotter had that little loop up that then Gray probably should have scored from. But apart from that, I don't remember Hot being that involved. And I think um, Dallas would have been a much more natural player to have played on the left then. Okay, so, I mean, physical game, you know, maybe some errors, maybe the teams, I mean, teams done great, you know, and it's the, at the end of the season, we, you know, Borough soaked up a lot of pressure. We got a lot of pressure on us, but at the end of the day, we're still tight. It's still 1-0 and Borough have beaten us three times. And I think the verdict is maybe I think that fourth time might elude them but we'll see Agreed you know just as Reading couldn't keep losing and they went to Derby and did us a job on the final day of the season we can't keep losing to Borough and we won't we will go there and we will win So in and around Griffin Park there's things happening this week again even though the season's over and also in and around well I say the championship in and around the playoffs first of all Mr Alan Judge Finally, he got called up for the Republic of Ireland. So he's going to be in the squad, possibly, to play England and Scotland in June, um, which is quite interesting because, obviously, Roy Keane, um, he's the same guy who uh, sold Jordan Rhodes. So it's no surprise it's actually taken him so long to call up Judge, is it? No, I, you know I don't like Roy Keane. Um, um, yeah, I think Judge, he, 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 deserves, he deserves a call-up. I think he's been inspirational this season. Um, he's, he really has really run his little legs into the ground for us. And since he's turned up at Brentford, he's, he's helped take us into, into fifth gear and into sixth gear. He, he, he's given us quality and a real cutting edge. It still baffles me how Blackburn ever sold him. Um, so yeah, so I'm delighted for him, um, and it gives us maybe a, another couple of games to look forward to um, after the season's finished, so uh, we can see a, a B playing for their country. Indeed, I might even be in Dublin for that one as well. I still haven't booked my flight, but hopefully, fingers crossed. But also, another point there: David Button. Apparently, Villa are sniffing around David Button, um, and we think we know the reason behind this as well, don't we? 
That's right. Well, you know, you, you spoke to Tony Parks before the Norwich game. Um, it's on the Besotted podcast. You can get it on besotted.co.uk. Uh, also, audiobeam.com. Besotted. And we got the Tony Parks interview on there. But uh, yeah, so I mean, Tony Parks was coached uh, David Button at, at Spurs. Um, Tim Sherwood was was part of that coaching setup um, at, at Tottenham as well. Um, and obviously, uh, Tony Parks has moved to uh, Villa Park from Carrow Road to work under under Sherwood. Now he's been given the uh, the number one job at, at Villa Park. So you know, I, I think obviously they're looking forward to. Um, to, to replacing their aging aging goalkeeping setup and Button is he fits the bill, um, you know and I, I would assume he would go for big money as well, which I guess you know is part of his financial fair play um, you know obligation that we have to to, to sort of uh, keep up with. Um, if it, if it's if it's a significant amount of money, I, I can't see him not going to be honest with you. Although he's going to sit on the bench, he's going to quadruple his money. Um, and it'll, you know, it, it takes it takes him to a to a different level. If, if Brentford don't go up, that is because he'll be number one in the Premier League with Brentford. If we do go up, I'm sure. So um, yeah, some. So I, I think I think there's some truth in that. There's a lot of rumours that fly around, and we're going to be linked with loads and loads of players. There's going to be loads and loads of rumours, but I think this one probably has got legs, Bill. Can I? I slightly disappointed in in the fact that football now is that. Button will go to, as Dave says, sit on a bench. Good luck to him. He'll make a lot of money, and you know, fair enough. He he deserves every penny that comes his way because he's been good for us, and he's he's a good goalkeeper. But isn't it a shame that in football somebody like David Button might play only a few cup games next year because he's he'll be bought if he goes to Villa. He'll be bought to replace Shay Gibbon, who is the cup keeper for Villa. Uh, and I do hope Villa stick with their um, stick with their policy and, and give Shea given a game in the cup final. By the way, um, but yeah, t- to see a keeper of that quality possibly only play three, four, five games in a season. I don't know. But he, he, he's only an injury away from being number one, isn't he? So you know, I, I, I don't think I don't think it's that bad. If you, if you go there to be number three, I'd say you're crazy. Be part of the first team, but. I'm- I think also the other thing is that, and again, if you listen to this Tony Parks interview, like I said to you, it's on audioboom.com, besotted. Just look for Tony Parks interview. Tony talks of um, Button very fondly. He's known him from when he was a little kid. You know, he said to him, you know, he's known him for ages and he thinks he's an absolutely brilliant goalkeeper. He thinks that he's actually going to be an England goalkeeper in the future. And uh, Parksy was, was Button's mentor as well. He really was his mentor. So he's taken him up and he's sort of moulded him through the whole kind of shebang. And then Brentford were desperate when... Um, when Brentford were desperate for a goalkeeper, when Simon Moore decided to leave for Cardiff, they put in a quick phone call to Parks and Parks said, one person I'd tell you that you should need to sign is David Button. So he's the one that actually put a, you know, that told Uwe Rosler that he needs to sign Button. So they've got that bond, they've got that relationship. And uh, I think that maybe Button just also thinks that this is the mentor and this is the coach that will actually take me to the next level, possibly. you know, I'm not I, saying definitely, but... You yeah, know. the key words there, Bill, are take to the next level because, you know, he is a very... David Button is a very, very, very good keeper, but he still is prone to the odd mistakes and you can see he's still learning um, about what he needs to do, I particularly about dominating the box and sometimes his distribution. Uh, that's a you know they're, they're not major criticism of him so by going to to somebody like Villa and under Tony Parks I'm sure that will bring his his education on and he will become as you say England's number one goalkeeper sooner rather than later um, but you know I, I, I just sat, feel sad is that you know a player like that should have to leave a very successful either premiership club which will be next year or a leading championship club <laughs> To, to, to further his career but hey you know that's what football is like nowadays well we've I mean I guess we've kind of seen it with the keeper he came in to replace because Simon Moore went to Cardiff and he at best bench warmed and then I think went out on loan and then wasn't even on the bench at times um, with with Button I think it's all about his improvement curve isn't it when you think where where he was you know middle of last season I think we were all quite nervous about him at times. Um, there were a lot of goals went down to him during that period. Um, but he's, his improvement curve has just been absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. And, um, and his distribution now, I actually think, is, is excellent. He actually plays some very, very good balls out, um, which I know is a bit odd to say about a keeper, but that's kind of the way football's moving on, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, 
God, him going to um, Villa is very different from more going to Cardiff. The, 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 the clubs are on a different stature, you know. Um, I, I, I just, I, I can see this one happening if, if the if the bid's right. It's still, it's still got to be right for Brentford. Um, you know, we we've got to rep- we've got to replace him, and I know we've got Bolland um, who, who came on, um, who played against Brighton, and I thought he, he looked he looked a good player. Um, but um, we, we'll see. But I, I I think this one's got legs. And and on the rumour front as well, on the on the transfer front as well, there's always going to be transfer rumours around when you've got players and decent players. And we talked about it a bit about it last week, but the one that's been hotting up and hotting up is hotter, the hotter rumour. Swansea, Muff and Leicester as well now, the rumour that they're all after him. Um, Muff, um, he was, uh, the manager was down there on, on, on Friday actually, sitting in the crowd, you know, just looking out for him. And obviously they're in the, the Premier League now, so... You know they're going to be a prospect for any player if if if, if um, manager comes in and says, "Look, I want to sign you." But I mean, what are we saying about that? I mean, I don't know if it's true whether Hot is just on a year's contract. I don't know what the situation is there. Do you? To be honest, I just think it's about getting value, and and you can say the same for um, Button. It's about if we get good money in and we think we can replace them um, adequately, you know, with players of equal that we find somewhere else. Then I I think a lot of those those moves could potentially happen. And that, and that is kind of what this whole process is about, isn't it? It's about you bring players in, you bring them in, and then if you can sell them on and you can replace them and you make money selling them on, that's what you do. I, I don't know the ins and outs, and this is actually a guess. I can't imagine we paid one and best part of one and a half million quid for him on a one-year deal. I, 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 that wouldn't make any financial sense. I, I would imagine it's two minimum, but you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy to be stand corrected on, on you know, on on that one. Um, I'd hate to see him go. I mean, I really would. He, he, he's really one of those that um, his yacht is just. How much is he worth? Oh Christ! What's he worth? Well, again, you know, you've got to go through what. How much does it cost to replace him in this market? Um, so even if you replaced him for a player of equal value, you probably could, you you got to be looking four or five million. Yeah. Plus we've got a plus we've got a you know make a profit on it as well. So otherwise, it's just no point in selling him. We might as well keep him. So yeah. it's got to be worth six or seven. Um, so you know, if, you, if, you, if someone comes in, for, if Bournemouth have, have bid five for a player who's not, great, not yeah. fit to lace his boots, um, <laughs> then um, then he's, uh, Bournemouth probably uh, probably would pay seven for someone who's got proven proven quality. You know, so I I can't see him going to Leicester. Um, I can't see him going or Bournemouth. Bournemouth, yeah, um, you know. Aesthetically, he would fit into that setup, um, and um, uh, Swansea, obviously, you know, he, he's kind of very much their kind of player. Um, although not on not on Monday night when they bored the pants out of me um, at Arsenal. So um, and, yeah, and about other players as well. MK Don's of franchise FC, as we call him, want to sign Greek. I know it's the Greek thing again. How much is he worth? Because is he going to go? I mean, they're they're a, they're a championship team now. I mean, they're on our level, and they're a championship team. I mean. They may not be in a couple of weeks' time. So, is his well, value go up? The analogy is if I if I was Matthew Benham and, and I and I bought let's, let's call Matthew let's, let's call Griggy a car. What kind of car would he be? Say like he's a he's an old Cortina, and you, you'd spent you know you, you thought you were buying a, a Cosworth version, and you, you spent three grand on it, and you realise you've got sort of a clapped out one that's a one point three version that is probably only worth couple of grand I think you'd just be happy to get your money back if I were you and just and just move on so whatever whatever he cost us I think um if they can if they can match that and we're not any worse off I think that'd be a good deal for Matthew Benham I think I think we I think we can get more and I think we should get more (laughs) but let's not get into that conversation now he's he's almost the top scorer in division one and he's now a championship striker so you know it'll be be nice to make a profit just to make those Warsaw moments yeah It'd be yeah, really, yeah, but but he's still got to sign. He's still got to sign for Milton Keynes, knowing that manager at MK Dons. You know, anything could happen between now and the start of next season. Probably find he'll be shipped out on loan to some third division club. Talking about up and coming players, you boys went to see the under 18s play the player final a couple of days ago, didn't you? Yep, yeah. um, sat there. There's was, was quite a few, quite a few bees there. It was a really, really positive turnout. Uh, lovely, lovely, balmy evening. Um, um, good, good atmosphere. Very supportive. 
Um, Charlton took an early lead. Uh, they, they looked the stronger team throughout the first, the whole of the first half, I'd say. Um, we really didn't get into our stride. And then um, second half, as Brentford pushed on, they started to play some some lovely football. But you know, as t- they you know they, they say about the ethos of the, the flying football running through the running through every every team from the from the first team all the way down to the to the juniors. Then um, so so's the so's missing chances as well. That's 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 something that they, they share with the first team as well. We missed an absolute handful of chances. No one particularly guilty. It's just it just didn't it just didn't work, go our way. You know, we created enough to at least have taken it to extra time, if not won it. Um, so yeah, fair play though. They they really did give it a try. Um, and it's just nice to nice to witness um, you know the, the next the next crop coming through and just hopefully some of them some of them can make it. The only thing I will add to that is that um, the Charlton players were 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 big units. Um, and Brentford again turned out a a smaller team. I mean, if you you might have wanted to see a few birth certificates of the uh, Charlton under eighteen team just to prove that they really were under eighteen because there were some big guys there. Um, and Brentford, you know, normal small tricky players, um, but as Dave says, um, they really gave it a really good go in the second half, and they're unlucky. We had a, we had a quite a good chat, didn't we, Nick? During it, sort of saying, you know, why is it? Do you think that there is such a lack of um, prolific goal scorers for 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 for, for generations um, at Brentford? Like, you know, it seems to be that we cannot find um, the young strikers to 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 to, to breed and, and and cultivate, and then those strikers come through into the first team. Is it the fact that strikers and goals are are so key to the game that? The bigger clubs just they must they must sort of they must hoard them hoard them, hoard them. Yeah, yeah it's like 101 dalmatians they must get all the all the blooming strikers and I, and 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 just keep them in a, in a striker farm somewhere that no one I think that's exactly right no one else I, think that's, I think that's exactly right i mean i think i think the chelsea's and the arsenal's and you know the qpr's and the tottenham's of this world will will get and West Ham's will will round up all the strikers that there are in London into their academy and hold on to them in the hope that one of them might come through. Um, but, you know, people speak very highly of Bradley Clayton, um, the Brentford number 10 who was playing last night. Sorry, another another player with the two first names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so, so, you know, the... the there may be hope. I mean, you know, let's let let's not say that none of those players may well not turn out for us in the Premiership next year. It's um, I I do think football's moved on a little bit. I don't, you know, I, the top scorer in the in the Championship was Daryl Murphy. Um, we finished above we finished above Ipswich. Um, and it, you know, of the top four strikers, two of them played for Blackburn and didn't even finish in the. Um, didn't even get into the playoffs. So I, I I sort of think football's just moved on a bit. Where you're looking for goals from all around the team now um, and I don't tend to judge strikers so much on how many goals they score I'm more interested in how often the team score really and I just want to say I, I mean I didn't make the match but I actually saw the uh, the live stream of the under 18s game which I thought was, uh, was was decent especially the second half was decent as well and yes they did miss a hatful of chances and, uh, and I thought uh, in particular that Zane Westbrook who was down the left hand side he looked actually quite decent yeah. and I know a lot of people be chatting about him so uh, maybe he might be popping onto our bench next season you never know It'd be quite nice if we had a kind of a real initiative to to sort of cultivate um, all the best local strikers, whatever whatever team, and have kind of maybe have a Brentford striking ambassador that goes to all these all these um, Sunday clubs and and goes and and, and and helps train them. Maybe some someone like Marcus Gale, someone 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 who's been involved at the very highest level and is a Brentford person that can go out and help coach. Um, Local local Sunday teams to 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 you know to nurture striking talent and maybe you know um, there'll be a link into to Brentford so we can start start having our own our own striker farm at some stage in the future. Uh, do you know what something similar occurred to me about Marcus Gale when we had him on the podcast is that the way he spoke I would love to get him involved in the youth setup because I think he does view football in a very similar way that it is throughout um, the club at Brentford and. Um, yeah, it would be. I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, and, and, and you never know. I mean, Marcus, like I said, he's he's one of the original old school bees, but he's got bees in his blood, and he also loves the style of football that we're playing. So this may happen. Just finally, let's just talk about 
going back into talking about the playoffs again. But let's talk about the Division One playoff game and uh, one of the improbables that happened, where there was about three thousand goals scored in about four minutes uh, down in Swindon the other day, which gives Brentford a little bit of hope, doesn't it? I was cursing Sheffield United. I had, I had some money on um, Swindon to win by more than one goal. The odds were pretty good, and it for for uh, from. For a, for a while, it looked like I was going to pay him for my uh, trip to Middlesbrough. But um, in the end, I, I was just in awe of the game of football I was watching. I mean, I don't actually think it was the best quality still. You know, it was, it, but it, there was a lot of chances and the chances were, were going in. There's a, the, the last couple of goals were actually corkers, I think. But um, fair play to Sheffield United. And <laughs> you got a feel for their fans. They, they've been through the mill, the playoff mill, um, as many times as us almost. And it's um it's it, it you know they won't they think they didn't travel home thinking what a great game they, I'm sure they just went home gutted but again as I said a little bit earlier in this podcast it just gives me hope that if you attack and you create chances and it's your night you're going to get goals and there's no reason why we can't score five Sheffield United their, their performance wasn't worthy of five goals overall but they scored them because they kept attacking and we will attack. So it was their night and the chances went in. So we've got to hope it's out. So, big game on Friday and we've got no idea what's happening in the North East because we've been focused on what's happening down south. So we need to go and speak to the expert. We thought we'll go and chat to Untypical Borough, the Borough blogger. Fantastic blog, writes loads and loads of good stuff, knows everything about Borough, wrote a great article about the match last Friday. We thought we'd go up and chat to him about the vibe of what's going down in Borough at the moment. Uh, don't you mean what's staying down, Bill? <laughs> no, no, I mean what's going down in Borough yeah, at the moment. I meant what's staying down. We'll see what he says. Though. Listen, let's go over and see what he says. So, big game at the weekend as the Bees go up to the northeast to face the mighty, mighty Borough. One goal down, but still fairly confident that we might be able to bring this game back. I've got on the line with me, Mr. Anthony Vickers, otherwise known as Untypical Borough. Writes a fantastic blog for Borough. You're going to need to check it out online there. Wrote a very, very good article about the game last week, how exciting it was. And yes, Anthony, how are you doing? Excited? I'm, nervous? I'm starting to get a bit nervous now, yeah. Two days away, two sleeps. Two sleeps till the big game. But looking back to last Friday, absolutely fantastic cup tie that was, wasn't it? Oh, it was a brilliant game, yeah. Uh, Bossated, end-to-end, 100 miles an hour. Uh, two teams determined to win, a big prize, a fantastic atmosphere from both sets of fans, nervous, exciting, you know, it, it was brilliant, that's what you go to football to watch. Like you said, it was a good old-fashioned cup tie, it wasn't like the game of chess that you normally get for the playoff games, where you get two teams coming inside there, trying to out-manoeuvre each other. Like you said, the Bees normally go hell for leather, and they did last Friday, but it was good to see Borough do exactly the same thing, end-to-end stuff. Uh, yeah, I think, um, I mean, obviously Borough set out to stop Brentford playing, disrupt their pattern a bit, pressed up very high, uh, got into tackles early on. Sometimes that really helps build up the tempo, the, the hostility from the fans uh, uh, going up a notch every time a tackle flew in. I think we sacrificed there was a lot of bookings and maybe took a bit of risk early on, but it, it suited the way uh, Borough set out to play that day. And I said, I mean, I'd have to say, in retrospect as well, fair enough to Borough. I mean, they'd obviously done their homework. Karanka's has done his homework. Not many teams come down to Brentford or play against Brentford where they actually managed to stop us to play our game because normally they held for lever. Borough came down to us again. A game of almost like soak and break. You soak it up, you soak it all up, and then you break on us. And I think, you know, you gave us a lot more of the game in January when you, you got that one penalty and we beat you. But this time you managed to break the game up a lot. Yeah, I think Karanka's learning very quickly. Obviously, he's fairly new to English football. Uh, and I think he'd been told when he came here how frantic and cutthroat the championship could be and maybe he didn't quite believe it but uh, in the last year I think he's, he's very much wised up and one thing you can say about him is he, he micromanages absolutely everything and he analyses every team every possibility and he will have learnt a lot from January because I think in January it was a real mugging and, and, and we were lucky to get away with that win but he will have learnt from that and he'll have watched every match Brentford's played for since 1972 you know he, he takes everything seriously uh, and uh, he'll have set out deliberately to, to play in that way to unsettle you. Listen to what some of the Borough fans say. They said that Brentford actually remind them very much of your team and the Mowbray, you know, quite a few years back where you used to play a lot of football, play some good football, but never necessarily put the chances away. Is that right? 
Yeah, yeah, strong. Yeah, that, that, we were scoring a lot of goals under under Moga. I think the problem so much more under Moga was uh, keeping a lead. Uh, very often we'd be two 0 up with twenty minutes to go, and then there'd, there'd be one little crack, one little wobble, and suddenly the, the, the nerves would set in, and it was total chaos at, at the back. Uh, and that's what got Tony Rembry sacked in the end, the complete inability to hold on to a 2 or 3-0 lead. Uh, is completely different. Uh, he's conservative in his outlook, uh, and he's built from the back. And you just need to look at the clean sheet stats. I mean, we've had 23 clean sheets this season. That's you know, one in two, and that's absolutely incredible in this division. Borough, in that game, they were very, very physical, as we talked about at Griffin Park. You know, like I said, you stopped us playing our game. Uve Rosler on, on the TV, he called it tactical foul. So he said yeah, that you went definitely. out tactically, you know, to Absolutely. make the right moves. Yeah. But, and probably Tomlin and is it Forshaw as well, but probably quite lucky not to have got red cards there as well. Do you think it's going to be the same at the Riverside or do you change your game up a little bit no, there? He, 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 you never get two games in a row the same. I mean, if, if anything, the current is he's not predictable. Uh, it's very hard to second guess the team. Uh, we know roughly what the shape will be, but the tempo and the style is completely different every week. So uh, it, it's very hard to second guess him. I think it's an interesting uh, uh, call on tactical fouls. I mean, I spotted that very early on. I mean, if you watch a lot of Spanish football, I mean, Barcelona's system is, is based on tactical fouling. As soon as they lose possession, they'll, they'll, uh, one of them will put a niggly little trip in usually deep in the opposition's half, so uh, it's very rarely do you get a booking in those situations, and it gives you time to get back in defence. What I've seen this, this season is Borough making a lot of tackles just inside their own half on the halfway line, and they take it in turns as well, so rotate the fouls so the refs don't notice. Interestingly, because Bamford, he's literally just back from injury. He played in the Brentford fan, but many Borough fans felt he didn't look fit. You know, do you think they're going to play him on Friday? Because they've got this will he, will he, won't he situation going on, don't they? I personally think he will play, uh, even if it's a question of uh, taking painkillers to get him through it. Uh, he makes the system work far more effectively than Kike does. Kike holds the ball up, but perhaps plays 30 yards deeper, whereas uh, Bamford's movement and, v- and Vossen's movement makes it makes counter-attacking football actually work quite effectively. So if it's at all possible, I think Bamford will play. Uh, there was a lot of mind games going on last week. Then there was a lot of uh, things filtering through to the press that, oh, Bamford hasn't trained. Uh, well, that may well be true, but I don't think many of them were training because while they were in Spain, it was more about banter and uh, bonding, the break they had there. It was more team building rather than actual physical training. So I, we didn't read too much into that, and I, I wouldn't read too much into... Uh, if you see him limping off the team bus, that, that means nothing. <laughs> Listen, right, let's come down to facts now. For us, when it comes to playoff situations and these cup final situations, it's not happening for us. Brentford played seven playoffs, lost seven playoffs so far. We could even call it seven and a half if you want. Um, and maybe it's because of history. You know, Even if we're 4-0 up against Accrington Stanley in the first leg of the championship playoff, we will find it. Un- uh, we, our fans will find it unable to sing too soon. We just can't do it because we always lose it as the dead. So I've got to admit that we were quite surprised that you know the Borough team wrote us off quite early off. We felt where they chose us over Ipswich, and also a lot of your fans are booking trains and hotels before the second leg's even been kicked. Um, I mean, it's all right for you because for you to get to Wembley's jumping on the tube. But for Borough <laughs> fans, they've got to make the, the arrangements early because otherwise the price quadruples. So I, I wouldn't read too much into that. Uh, I, I think you're wrong if you think that Borough fans are complacent because you know you talk about you know where you, your fans being looking for the negatives in the situation. Well, I, I'll tell you something for, for for nothing that Borough fans can uh, so creative in finding a, a, a black cloud in a silver lining. You, you wouldn't believe it. And there'll be as many many Borough fans nervous of this. I mean, it's only one goal. You know, you know having a one goal lead over turn is not totally unknown. Uh, I don't think anyone's complacent. Uh, whatever's been said in the press, uh, a lot of that's just mind games and uh, speculation. But you know, it, it, it's very delicately poised. We know Brentford are a good team. They're coming in with nothing to lose. I mean, they've, they've got to attack to get that goal back. So I think everyone will be cautious. Uh, but Cautiously optimistic because this is as good a team as we've seen probably since the year we got to the UEFA Cup final. The Elts are stacked very, very heavily against Brentford. No team has lost their first home championship or Division One playoff game. 
um, and got through to the final or won the, or won the playoffs, actually. Borough have only lost once at home since August. And they also, yeah. I don't know where this rumour came from. Somebody said they haven't lost at home under the floodlights in six years. I don't know if that's true or not. But, you well, know. You, you can do anything wrong with stats. I, I would say that the home record has been astounding. I, I think we've won uh, 10 of the last 12, drawn one. We lost against Leeds in a game where we absolutely battered them. Uh, I think it, it was the game where it was on TV, you might have seen it. We had 27 shots and it just wasn't going to go in that day. So home form has been exceptional, uh, and we we score goals at home. We struggle away from home to score goals because he's very cautious away. But you know we scored four against you, we scored four against Ipswich, we scored four against Norwich. Uh, it's not just we're not just flat track bullies. I mean there is a, a genuine uh, quality and belief at home. So and that's that will be the one thing that, that fans will go in there thinking, you know, that's a big advantage for us. But we certainly won't be taking anything for granted. We look like we've got no chance in this situation. It was very, very, very unlikely. But saying that, Brentford normally flourish in situations when they're actually given a chance. And we also actually play better away from home than we do at home. Probably from a flip side scenario, as we're able to do what we want. We're an attacking team. We can go out there. We'll attack you. And, you know, maybe it might be we'll get the goal back or maybe we might end up losing 4-0 again. Does this slightly worry you? Uh, well, obviously you've got to attack, so uh, I think that makes it for a better game. Uh, should Borough score early, then I think the whole the whole tone of the game will change, and I think you'll find that we'll be digging trenches and putting up the barbed wire and erecting uh, machine gun posts and stuff. I mean, it'd, it'd be very very difficult to get it back if if we scored. Uh, as long as it remains sort of goalless in, in the Riverside, people's going to get nervous. Uh, you know what these games are like: extra time, penalties. Uh, who knows what could happen then? And I'm going to ask you, untypical Borough, can you give us a score prediction? Yeah, I, I think Borough will win 1-0. I don't think it will be the kind of open game that it was down there. Uh, but I, you know, if you push forward, that leaves space. And I think we'll take advantage of that. And what, if we do score, I, I think <laughs> there will be 9-10 men behind the ball the rest of the game. Whatever it's going to be, it's going to be a very exciting night. Very much looking forward to it. Very much looking up to Borough again. Had a great yep. time the last time we were up there and looking forward to uh, meeting all the Borough fans again and having a couple of beers for them before yeah, the match. And yourself, yeah. I really enjoyed it down there. It was a lovely club, a good atmosphere and uh, good luck to you after Friday. Excellent, mate. And have a good, have a good game. Cheers, mate. So that was untypical Borough, Anthony Vickers. He's cautious but confident, knows the score, has got no idea what Karanka's going to play, who he's going to play, if Bamford's in or out or shaking it all about. No clue whatsoever. All he knows is it's going to be a tight game and they're going to be putting the barricades up. And if they get an early goal, we need to get the tanks out to try and get over them. But listen, win or lose, we've been in this position so many times. We do lose all the time. So we're just going to enjoy ourselves, whatever. We're going up there for the night out and we're just going to enjoy it, aren't we, boys? Yes, it's, it's a massive game. It is. You, you, there's no two ways of looking at it. You know, it's a packed house. It's going to be a massive atmosphere before the game. Um, but Brentford has got to go out there and, and silence that that stadium. They've got to shut them up, um, and they're going to do that by by doing what we've done up and down this country in away games all season. Now we're not actually asking this team to do anything. We know that they're not capable of doing already. We're, we're not asking them to find. A, a, something about their game that you know is, is completely and utterly unheard of. You know we have been terrorising um, home defences up and down this country and pulling out brilliant wins. So we've got it's the biggest game of the season, undoubtedly. It's probably going to be the biggest firecracker of an atmosphere all season. But this team haven't been daunted by that, and you know I, it's not bravado, Bill. I honestly mean that we can go there. And shut that place up. We we can go there and win. And you know, if we don't win, it's a brilliant season. But I'm not going there to lose, and nor are our players. Yeah, we got to take it to them. Um, an early goal sets sets the whole thing up. However, another bit of me says a late goal. You know, let's just score in the 87th minute and go into extra time. Um, I, I, we, that's the way we play, though. You know, we go out, we attack. Our record is better away than at home in recent times. Um, so I've kind of always felt quite confident about this away game. I'm going to be devil's advocate here. This is a toughie. Borough haven't lost at home since August. No team who have lost the first home leg 
in the Championship or Division One playoffs has ever got through to the next round. And also, apparently, and somebody's been making this one up, I suppose, Borough haven't lost a home game at night for six years. So it's an uphill task for the Bees, isn't it? Um, uh, look, well, the law of averages say that it's about time some of that changed. And, um, and you know, we've, we've, we've been there, haven't we? You know, the, the lucky dressing room at Cardiff. Um, we, we got the lucky dressing room and everyone said we were going to win in that um, cup final. But it, it didn't happen. All this stuff is there to be broken. That's the way averages work. And I think the most important stat out of all of that is Brentford Football Club have never lost a championship playoff over two legs. We no, may have lost a lot of playoffs, but we've never lost one at this level. And, you know, we've got it all to do. Um, not taking anything for granted, but I keep saying it, this team are capable of doing it. We've got to believe. You've got to believe. I mean... <laughs> Listen, if we do believe, we're going to be celebrating like we won the FA Cup and bringing it back to the last game. And like I said, we were laughing, only because it's an in-joke. Um, the Borough fans got very upset because some of the Brentford players got upset because there was too much celebration going on. But if Borough actually Google now, if you Google Russell Slade, besotted, celebration, FA Cup, you will see what went down last season. It's a bit of an in-joke between us and Orient. There was a lot of celebrating going on and we made songs out of it. And it was just funny. And we just thought it was quite humorous, the fact that, you know, it hasn't come back in our face as such, but it's the fact that, 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 that Borough came back and they got really angsty about the fact that we were moaning about the celebration, which was actually kind of a little bit of a joke anyway. I mean, don't, don't you think so, boys? Um, I'm probably a little bit more hacked off by the fact that they've all booked up all the hotels in Wembley for, for, for that bank holiday weekend. You know, if I know it's a long shot that we, we do make it to Wembley still, but if we do get there, there'll be a lot of cheap hotel rooms, don't you reckon, Bill? It's a lot of borough seem to have um, taken things a little bit for granted. Again, me being that devil's advocate and being in the middle and because Borough um, are not here to sort of fight their corner as such because we're talking amongst ourselves, but Borough are saying that we need to forward plan because if we do get to Wembley, then we know we need to make sure these rooms aren't booked up and, and the trains and so on and so forth, you know, and that's that's their argument. Uh, the, the flip side I would say about that is that, and again, as Bees fans, we know... Um, we kind of do it on the on the quiet, and we don't we don't sort of crow about it because we've been in the situation where we've been leading. We were we were so 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 in front, or we, we we were the team that was so likely to win. We've we've done it before. We've sung too soon, and it's come to the eggs struck us in the face back in the day. So we just don't do it anymore, do we? We we don't book up trains, we don't book up hotels until the final whistle's gone, and even the, the following day when we wake up in the morning and we, we actually have to check with our on the radio and the newspapers to make sure the result was actually there. And, and even if we do, we don't throw it all over social media. And that's um and that so you know we're not we're not laughing about them actually doing this. We're 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 laughing about them putting it on social media so we can find it. I mean, they might as well go to Hull Hog and they might as well start booking hotels up at Anfield and and and, and blooming Old Trafford for next season, Bill. Yeah, uh, FA Cup final next season, should we pre-book? Just in case, you know, not, just in case. Yeah, we, we were talking about the, the, the crew game where we, um, we, we started singing too soon. It was, it was 15 years ago, though. We started Stop. singing too soon. Started drinking too soon. I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's, when, that's when, that's when you, you booked a barge, Bill, a barge that left, went up the Grand Union Canal and um, did it finish at Alperton or something? It, it but, did. Um, it, 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 was the, it was the besotted onion bargey. That's and, right. Uh, it, was, it was a messy barge. It, was, it, was, it took us about seven hours to go about two miles down the canal from, from I don't know where it was, somewhere to, to, to Wembley. And uh, by the time we got to Wembley and we thought we were going to win and we fell asleep in the stadium because it was such a terrible game. And, uh, and we lost. And after that, we said, never again. We're never going to book anything. We're never going to count our laurels. Rest on our laurels. Bees have got to come up, Borough. Hardcore. Bees need to fly at them. Is this going to play into their hands? Might do, Bill. Yeah, it, it could do. Um, you know, I said a little bit earlier. You know, we we know we know our strengths already. We know our weaknesses already. I don't think anything's going to change um, on, on Friday night. We're going to be as strong as we can be, and we're going to be as weak as we can be. We just we just got to hope that. You know our strengths out <laughs> outshine our weaknesses. It, I know it sounds it sounds a bit naive, but you know it's it, it, that's the way it's got to be. We we just got to hope hope um, circumstances go our way. 
it, it, if they're going to get chances, we've got to hope they miss them. And when we get chances, we've got to hope we score them. You know, but we we are going to create a lot. We we create a lot in every match. This this isn't you know we're not taking it for granted, but we will boss possession again, and we will boss chances. But it's just whether we get them on target, and it's not it's more than getting them on target. We get a lot in target that goes straight at the goalkeeper. Um, we need to get them into the bottom corners. We need to get them into the top corners. We need to we need to we need to shoot clever, not just shoot on target. We need they need to be clinical, and they need they need to be goals. So we, we there's a there's a lot at stake, and there's a lot that we need to go our way. But you know you create the chances and you play the the, the game we do. Um, there's, there's a there's a real good chance of it happening. I'm looking at the odds. You know we're three to one to win. That's you know Middlesbrough are ten to eleven. You know they're favourites, but you know it's not it's not they're not they're like massive favourites. You consider in their home record the book the book is they're tipping their hat to us here. They're saying you got a good chance. I mean chance what chances will Chris Long get a chance? I mean I've got no idea what's going on. Is he actually going to end up on the bench? Is he going to play for us ever again? What's the score? Uh, Everton seem to be able to get him to do anything they want. So I don't know if Everton have got some sort of paper round rotor that they want him to do in the morning <laughs> on Friday. I, I don't know whether they need some laundry doing. He, he seems to be our player on loan, but they seem to be able to call him back at a click of a click of their finger. So um, you know, I, he, he's capable of scoring, isn't he? Um, so uh, you know, if he does if he does come on, we just need him to uh, to be prolific. So, what do you think, Matt? Yeah, we're not going to turn down a little bit of extra pace up front. Um, this could go; it could go 120 minutes. So, we're going to need all the legs we've got available. So, um, I'm hoping he's on the bench, and um, and we may well get to see him play. And talking about up front for Borough, Bamford, uh, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Is he injured? Is he not injured? Is it better having him playing injured as not playing at all? I mean, what do you reckon? He's he is class, and um, he's, he's got so many so many people, you know, singing his praises. Um, he's won so many accolades this season. Um, you, you just got to hope that he, he plays no part. If he's you know, we we don't we don't need him even fifty percent fit. Because a fifty percent fit Bamford still capable of scoring a goal at some stage. Um, we we just need Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough to be as weak as as is possible, and that's and that's got to be without Bamford. So, yeah, if he, if, if, but I, I, I expect him to play. This is one of his, you know, there's all these mind games before the game. Where I expect him to be there at the beginning. Yeah, I think, I mean, the call wasn't, the, the, the main call was that he probably wasn't going to play on Friday and then he turns up. Um, I I think the minimum he's going to be is on the bench. I hope he is on the bench, to be honest. If they rest him, yeah, brilliant. And also, I'm a bit worried about Odebaju as well. Uh, Moses Odebaju, you know, Brentford right back. I mean, I don't know if anyone's put a call into him to make sure he's all right, because he, he's, he's apparently said that he's going to treat the Borough game if it's his last game he'll ever play. <laughs> I mean, I think he's taking the game a little bit seriously, but you know what I'm saying? I, I, think, well, I, think, I think a lot of them are going to go out there and, and, and play for, for Warburton. Um, uh, James Tarkowski talked about it on the telly earlier after the press conference. He said, you know, he, they, they, you know paraphrasing him, he said, you know, they want to go out and give uh, Mark Warburton a great send-off. So um, there's a lot of players that are playing for their futures out there. That's not that's not that's not put too much pressure on them, you know. But it, this, that's a fact too. But they they won't be thinking of that. But they'll the adrenaline levels will be insane. I have to admit, you know, for, we think what it's going to be like. Well, I was going to say sitting. I don't think many of us are going to be sitting. Well, um, you know, what it's going to be like in on the, on the, in the stands to be out there on the pitch in that pressure cooker atmosphere I mean this is where they earn their money this is where they are professional footballers this is this is what sets them apart um, you know and, and I, we, we have got the quality to go out there and do it and we just it, 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 I'll be the happiest man in uh, in Middlesbrough but I won't necessarily be the most surprised um, you know it's, for, for, for what needs to happen to happen is going to take a lot but you know, I keep saying it. We're capable. We are capable. You're, you're going to have some competition from 1,500 or so other people being the happiest man in Middlesbrough. There, uh, there, will, be, there will be no monopoly on happiness. <laughs> I will not be holding the happiness. I, the, the other thing is, is in a, in a little way, this is the end of this era, isn't it? And this team that have, you know, they've been brought together by Warburton. They've been moulded. And um, this is probably, this is almost certainly the last time, sorry, 
the second last time, well, they're all going to play together. So they're going to play for each other as well. Um, because no matter what happens, um, next season we're going to have a different manager and there's a good chance you know this team won't be playing together next season. So this is their last opportunity. So they're going to give everything. So, boys, we're going to get a score prediction from you, Mr Lane. I was wrong on Friday last week, but I'm going to keep the same score. Brentford are going to win 3-1. Mr Matt Allard. Um, I was within a few minutes of being right on Friday, um, and I'd already decided if it was 1 or it was going to be 2-1 to us up at um, Middlesbrough, and I'm sticking with it. So I'm saying 2-1 to us, and then who knows from there. Mr. Carr, do you? I'm going to be big and bold and brave and say we're going to win 2-0. Whoa. And myself, I, I, I kind of got it right for the last game. It was one all. Was it doesn't count. After 90 minutes, it doesn't really count. You know? But for this game, I'm going to go straight. It's going to be a 1-0, and that's it. We're going to get the one goal. We're going to hold on tight. It's going to go to penalties. Who's going to win on penalties? Got no idea. I can't. I just, I just can't picture this season ending, Bill. You know, like if 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 we've lost and when the whistle goes and we're not we're not in not in the lead or not on level terms and the whistle goes, the referee does his. Shh, 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 that's the season over. That's it. Finished. There is no more from that point. I can't see that. I can't see it happening. Whether it does go to extra time and pens, I can't see it ending in ninety minutes. That's what I can't. I cannot visualise that. I'm not certain my art can take penalties. Your aunt? My aunt. <laughs> my, 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 my aunt definitely can't take penalties. She's useless. Her right foot is crap. But um, no, my heart won't be able to take it either. Yeah, no. So, here you have it. Fairly confident bees because, well, Borough just can't win a fourth game, can they? <laughs> they, they say you've got a lot of quaking in their boots. But listen, boys, it's going to be a great day because we're going to be up there. We're going to have a laugh anyway. It doesn't matter, win or lose. As they say, we're on the booze and watching football and doing cultural shows and all that kind of stuff. Um, Very much looking forward to going up to Borough, mixing with our Borough mates up there, going to the game. Um, You can check us out on Twitter. We'll be tweeting away all night, all day. You can also check us, besotted.co.uk, audioboom.com besotted and also itunes you can subscribe to us there and also our videos we'll have a video again probably maybe our last or second to last video of the season besotted 1992 absolutely looking forward to this game mission impossible it may be mission impossible it may not be missile improbable as laney said but we're going to go out there and we're going to do the boys proud we're going to make a lot of noise and they're going to do us proud come on ubs Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.